Well, let's turn to the Word this morning. That is, in fact, why we are here, is to hear from the Lord. So we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 5 all the way to verse 4 of chapter 6. This is the Word of the Lord to us this morning. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to everything, submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his mother and father and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Once again to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll be looking this morning at verse 1. Kids, I I think your parents are hoping that I'll do an extended series on this this particular verse. If we do that, you agree with me, we'll do an extended series on parents, right? Yeah. We all need it, right? So, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, children living in the presence of Christ. Children living in the presence of Christ. Jessica is Cindy's older sister. One day, one spring morning, mom invites invites both of them to come and sit down with her, and she instructs Jessica to teach her little sister how to properly clean her room and tidy things up. Mom also explained to Jessica how to be a godly big sister, how to be patient with her sister to show her kindness and to set an example for Cindy. Then Mom instructed Cindy to listen carefully to her big sister, to do what Jessica teaches her, and to show respect to Jessica. And then Mom said to, to Cindy, God wants us to respect those who are put in authority over us. 
And so as the girls get to work, mom checks in on them periodically to see how they're getting along. What should Jessica think about mom checking in on them? Should she resent mom doing that? Thinking like, wow, she doesn't trust me enough to do this right. She has to check on me. No, she should be grateful that mom has entrusted her with teaching her little sister. But she should also welcome mom's oversight and when she needs it, mom's input on how to better lead her little sister. What should Cindy think about mom instructing her or instructing Jessica to teach her? And what should Cindy think about mom checking in on them? Should Cindy resent mom and think, why can't she just let me figure this out on my own and do it on my own timetable in my own way? Or so, so why is it that mom is checking in on us? You know, does she not trust me? No, she shouldn't think that at all. She should be thankful that mom is seeing to it that she's learning life skills. She should be thankful that mom cares enough to make sure that both of the girls are treating each other with Christ-like character. Children, Jesus has appointed your parents to protect you, to teach you, that is, teach you how to live well, and to teach you about himself, the Lord. He cares about you, and He wants these good things for you. He cares about how your parents carry out their work. And you should be encouraged by the fact that God will hold parents accountable for how they parent, just as He will hold you accountable for how you obey or not. He always has His loving eye on you both. Jesus said, permit the children to come to me. He loves and tenderly cares for children. And children, don't ever think of Jesus as this cold, hard lawgiver. And it, sometimes he gets presented that way. And that he's just saying, here are the rules you got to keep. And if you don't keep them, and if you don't, you're in trouble. And that's the end of it. no. His laws are important, but He gives them out of a fatherly love for our good and our protection. Whether it's to, to us when we're children, or to us parents, or in, in other parts of our lives. He, he gives His laws to us because He loves us. We saw that last week. And we also saw last week that obedience is the way to true freedom. Now, that doesn't sound right to our you know minds that have been fallen or being renewed. Obedience is the way to true freedom. God created us in His image. And His law reflects His image. And so, we're only free when we obey His law. What happens is that we come in line with who we were created to be, which is represented in God's law, both being in His image, if you will. We are only free when we obey His word. He wants us to be like Himself. And so He gives us these commands that arise from His character. And the command for you children first is this. Children, obey your parents because it is righteous in Christ's eyes. Children, obey your parents because it is righteous in Christ's eyes. 
in this section of Ephesians that we find ourselves in, as Jared read, the beginning of that from chapter 5, verse 15, uh, and it'll go on to chapter 6, verse 9 as we get there. What he's doing here is calling us to walk in wisdom in this section. You remember in Ephesians, there are these different ways in which we are called to walk. This one, to walk in wisdom. And that's a part of this, what's sometimes called a household code, where he talks about the different relationships within the household and how we are to relate to one another. We're to imitate Christ in our home life. He first took that pair of wives and husbands, and now he's taking children and parents. And we'll have one more pair after that. Back in chapter 5, verse 17, he says that we need to understand what is the Lord's will. And so he tells you children what God's will is for you here in chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And he also has told us there earlier in chapter 5, that to walk wisely, we must be filled by the Holy Spirit. We have to have the the Spirit of God to fill us, to empower us, so that we will be able to carry out His will for us, to obey His laws. And we're going to come back to that in a few minutes, but just hold on to it. It's an important thought we can't lose sight of. But He's also told us in in chapter 5, verse 21, that we are to be submitting to one another in the fear of, of Christ. There's this service that we have, each of us to each other, where we humbly submit ourselves in a way of serving each other, but to do that in the fear of Christ. So what we're going to do today is there are three verses that address the children there, one through three. We're going to look first at the command to the children. Then we're going to look at the reason. Paul gives a reason why you are to obey your parents. And then Lord willing, next week we're going to look at verses 2 and 3 where he gives you the motivation for that. What is the motive for obeying your parents? So first, obey your parents because it pleases Christ. Obey your parents because it pleases Christ. Again, let me read Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So just like the pair with wives and husbands, Paul goes to the subordinate member first. He dealt with wives first, then husbands. And here he's dealing with children first, and then parents. This term for child, let's talk about what it means. The Greek word technon, it reflects the close relationship that the child has to his or her parents. And that's based on the dependence that a child has on mom and dad. And that that dependence changes throughout life. You know, when they're little and toddlers, they're pretty much almost 100% dependent on mom and dad. But then when they turn 18, hopefully, if, if we parents have done our job right and they have, you know, paid attention and listened and grown, they are much, much less dependent and so that they're ready for us to send them out to start their own homes, to go out into the world, to uh, do what God has called them to do. But it's but that the the word there it's different than the word for like sons, which is bringing out different aspects. Here it's this close relationship between parent and child. So let's talk about this responsibility that children have. What is that responsibility? You're to obey your parents. 
The word obey literally in Greek means to hear under. Now, that sounds a little weird to us, to hear under, okay, or to basically hearing to remain under. And, and the idea behind that is to listen attentively. So as your parents, as they're, maybe they you know, sit you down, they're talking to you, and you can picture it this way, you're, you're staying there and you're listening attentively with the purpose of, okay, then when I get up, I'm going to do what they just instructed me to do. That's this, you're staying under their teaching, if you will. You're following their example and so forth. So it came to mean to obey or submit. And so that's why we use it here and translate it here as to obey. So, children, you're to carry out the commands that your parents give you. You're, you're to follow their teaching. And this verb, to obey, as we said even with earlier with the wives and husbands, is an active voice. It means it's something you are to do. You children it's not that we're making you do it. Now, we may enforce, you know, these commands with consequences, but we're not making you do it. You're to choose to do it. Okay, it's something that you are to say, yes, I am going to do that. And then, you know, if you're rebelling against that, then we bring more and more consequences in to the picture until you do. But you need to choose to do that. That's what, what Paul, giving us as the Spirit has inspired him, put it in the active voice because I want the children to do this, to choose to do it, because he wants them to do it from the heart. Not being, uh, doing it under compulsion. And and as I said, this is a training time, so there comes a point where you, know, you bring the consequences in and they feel like, okay, I'm under compulsion, but it's because you're not doing what God called you to do. And we're trying to help you do what God has called you to do. We want to get you to where you are obeying God willingly from the heart. And so while this is voluntary in the sense that you are to choose to do it, children, your obedience is not optional, just as we've said before with wives and husbands. It's not optional. So by saying it's, it's voluntary, you need to do it. It's not, well, we wait for you to volunteer. That's not what we mean. Because it's not optional, it's a command. You must do this. God is telling us through Paul. Your parents have Christ's authority to enforce His command to you and for them to use appropriate consequences. And we'll get to that when we get to verse 4, uh, maybe in a couple weeks. But children, your obedience, it's not a, a one-time thing. Where it's like, well, you know... Okay, I remember back when I was four, I obeyed, now I'm done. Well, no, it's continuous. This is something that is all the time. You're to always be obeying your parents. It's continuous, it's ongoing. The verb is in present tense. And children, you are commanded to obey both parents. While your father is responsible for leading your family and for setting the example, for example, or we said the example of love in the family, Back in chapter 5, you owe the same obedience to your mother as you do to your father. Now, let's look into this phrase. You may think this is kind of curious. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. What does that mean? 
Now, your minds can go different directions, but we're going to try to see if we can steer a clear course here. We've seen all along, as we started back in chapter 5 with the wives, and then with the husbands, and now with children, and we're going to see it also with parents, is that it's all about the Lord. He keeps bringing the Lord into Christ into this, the Lord Jesus. He keeps bringing Him in because it is all about Him. He is our example. We're doing it for Him. And He does that again here. We said earlier what's, what's governing this whole discussion. Chapter 5, verse 21, we're to submit to one another in the fear of Christ. That fear. Now, remember, we said that Fear for the Christian is not this terror fear where, we, oh, you know, Christ is going to, you know, blast me. But rather, it is that joy and awe, or the, the joyful reverence and awe that we have for Christ. It is something that we should see as joyful. The way we relate to one another in our families is about Christ. We must imitate His character. And so, children, when Paul said to obey in the Lord, he's here talking about Jesus specifically, because Lord in Ephesians always refers to Jesus. Okay, So he's talking about Jesus specifically. And remember he said earlier in chapter 1 that Jesus is the head of the church. He's Lord of the church. And this is, a, this is directed to the churches. And so he's saying, for all the children in the churches, this is what Jesus says for you to do. You're to do this, you're to obey in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus. What does that mean, in the Lord, though? Well, we've said that generally for Paul, when he says, in Christ, in the Lord, he's talking about this sphere, okay, within that sphere of Christ. Now, okay, so so far that doesn't really help a whole lot, right? But what I think he has in mind here, we get some help in a parallel passage in Colossians. Remember, Ephesians and Colossians are, are very parallel to one another. And they cover a lot of the same material. They're about, written about the same time. Uh, but they, Paul will say it a little differently in each of those letters. So Colossians 3.20 helps us here. He says, Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And see, that helps for us to understand what, he, what does he mean by in the Lord. And that's going to tie in also with the, the phrase we're going to come to in a minute, for this is right, he says. So it's well-pleasing to the Lord. The Holman Christian Standard Bible captures this nicely. Children, obey your parents as you would the Lord. As you would the Lord. And really that's the point, isn't it? Because, you know, I know for for those of us who are and have been parents, we tend to think that it's all about us. This is my law. These are my rules. And you better obey me, right? And... You know, we lose ourselves, forget ourselves, and realize that I'm nobody. I'm just a, a slave in Christ's house. And maybe I'm the head slave, but I'm still a slave. Okay? And we forget, it isn't my law. It's not my rules. It's His. Children, obey in the Lord. Obey as you would Christ, because that's really what you are doing. When you obey, you're obeying Christ. When you disobey, you're disobeying Christ. So, think of this. Now, I know sometimes, you know, I'm mad at mom and dad and I don't want to obey them. And you need to think higher than that. 
when they say clean your room, don't run in the hall, whatever, it's really Christ that you're either obeying or disobeying. Okay? They're just given temporarily to you to guide you in all of this, to protect you, lead you, teach you. But ultimately, you're obeying the Lord Jesus. And so, no, what he's trying to get across to you is that Jesus is pleased when you obey your parents. And, and kids, this ought to encourage you. When you find, when you do, you're like, you surprise yourself, like, wow, I obeyed my parents. You know, and, and it, I know none of you can say, oh, that would never be surprising to me, okay? Then let's talk about, you know, lying. And okay. When you catch yourself obeying your parents, then know and be encouraged by the fact that Jesus was pleased with that. And I don't mean in a way that you start puffing up your pride. It's just that, wow, God enabled me to do that, to obey my parents, and he's pleased with that. Because he says that here. Obeying in the Lord. Your parents should be teaching you how to live your life under the loving eye of Jesus. Do you get that? Your parents, parents, you know, as we're going through this, hopefully you're taking notes in your mind. And if you haven't already thought this, you're like, okay, a new one. Okay, I'm going to start doing that. But kids also thinking in this term, in these terms, what, what, what Paul is saying for us to do is to think about parenting... Helping and teaching children is all to be done under the loving eye, the watchful eye of Christ. Remember, I used the illustration of of mom giving Jessica and Cindy those instructions. And then what did mom do? She'd come in and kind of peek in the door, make sure things are going. They weren't killing each other or something, right? And then step in if she needs to. But that constant, where where did mom learn that? She learned it from Jesus. Okay. And, and hopefully also from a loving husband who was setting a, a loving example for her and the kids. But all of them are learning it from Jesus. That's how he does. He has his watchful eye, loving, watchful eye over us. And so so we ought to be thinking in that term. So, you know, so kids, when your folks say, okay, we've got a problem here. Let's go sit down and talk about it. And you're in your room sitting on the bed and let's talk about this. Remember and think in these terms that this is happening in front of Jesus. Okay? And so when your parents are correcting you, teaching you, whatever, they're getting ready to discipline you, they're doing it under Jesus' eye. On the one hand, that means that they're held accountable by Jesus. But it also means that this is pleasing to Him. This is what He wants to happen. And it happens under His gaze. We, we talk about, you. some of you have heard, um, I know the adults for sure, this Latin phrase, quorum Deo, um, living in the presence of God. And we can think in this term, these terms that we're, we're living our life, we're doing our parenting, living as a child under the presence of Christ, or in the presence of Christ, under his watchful eye. Now, he throws in that phrase, you know, in the Lord. Sometimes in the Lord means those who are saved. So, you know, some kids may say, well, do I have to obey my parents if I'm not saved? Well, yes, you do. Sorry, you don't get off on, on that, on technicality or anything. No. 
he's writing, Paul's writing this to all of the kids in the churches. Okay, he doesn't say, okay, saved kids or whatever. Okay, you do have to obey your parents, whether you're saved or not. And, young person, if you have not yet put your trust in Christ, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to say for the next couple minutes. Only children who have been saved and have the Holy Spirit living within them, they are the only ones who are able to obey their parents with their whole heart, with the right attitude of doing it ultimately for Christ. Now, if you're not saved, what does that mean? Well, this is a good and gracious thing for you. Because kids, when your folks say, okay, here, here's the rules, and you try, and you fail, This is God's grace working. Because what God is doing, child, is saying you need Jesus. When you say, okay, yeah, I'm I'm going to be nice to my sister, but I sure don't like it. And I'm not doing it for Jesus. I'm just doing it so I don't get those consequences again. Okay? Then... Young person, hear Jesus calling to you. Saying, child, you need me. You need my Holy Spirit, and the only way you get Him is through me. You have to come to me and put your trust. Jesus speaking. You you have to turn to Christ and put your faith in Him. And if you do that, He not only promises to save you, but He also promises to give you His Holy Spirit. Everyone whom He saves, He gives His Spirit to. So that you will have the Holy Spirit to be able to obey your parents from the heart. To obey your parents saying, I'm obeying them because I love them, and even more importantly, I'm, I'm obeying them because I love Jesus. That is the way we all should obey whomever we are to obey. Ultimately doing it because we love Jesus. And so, on the one hand, kids, think about all the commands that your parents have given you. Commands you, you'll hear preached here, taught in Sunday school, taught in Welver's kids, things like that. Think of all of those as God creating opportunities for the gospel. You see, because child, when you don't obey, or you try and you do it badly, or you don't even try, whatever. What God is doing is He's saying, I want you to see that you need me. And this is the gospel. So don't look at these laws as, oh, they're just restricting me, keeping me from from really having fun in life. No, what God is doing is saying that you are very broken. Everyone, except for the Lord Jesus, who who have ever walked this earth, are very broken. And they need Christ. And so His laws, every one of His laws, is the gospel calling out to you. You better do this, but you can't. You're like, okay, that sounds weird. But that's what the law does. It says you better do this, but you can't. You need Jesus. 
You need His Holy Spirit to be able to do this. And so what you should, the way you should respond is, is to fly to Jesus and say, Lord, you know, I, I try to obey my parents, but I, I just can't. I need you. Will you save me from my sins? And He promises that He will. And He'll give you His Spirit. Then you can trust this. Uh, a quote, again, from like we had last time from Alec Matir. He says, The law of God is not a new bondage. That's what we think. We're like, oh, okay, great. We had the old covenant, bunch of bondage. New covenant, more bondage, just different, right? No. It's given to mark the end of the old bondage, which is what? Sin. See, sin says, oh, if you want to be free, run in the hall. But that's actually bondage. Because what happens? Your mom and dad see you, you know, running in the hall. Or another adult sees you running in the hall. Says, okay, let's go see your mom and dad. And guess what? You lose the freedom to walk in the hall. Which we all want you to have. But, he goes on. It's not, it marks the end of the old bondage to sin. And the beginning of true freedom. That may sound surprising. Oh, no, no. A new law. No. The law is freedom. Talked about that last time, right? The law is freedom. This is when you are free. So, what I want you to get out of this is that Christ is gracious, and, and what he will do now through Paul is give reasons why he commands, why Jesus commands obedience. So, look again, Ephesians 6 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? For this is right. So, our second main point is this. Christ considers your obedience to be righteous behavior. And I'll explain that some in a minute. But Christ considers your obedience to be righteous behavior. Okay, kids, don't completely check out, but you get to, you know, just take a breath right now, okay? I want to talk to your parents for a minute, okay? Parents, I want you to start thinking with me about what is biblical parenting. Now, we'll get into it when we get to verse 4. But I want you to start thinking about this so that this stuff will start clicking in your minds and you'll start figuring out, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, okay? God's way is to teach your children using the same method Paul uses here. We're going to learn from Paul. What is his method? Not just what he's telling us, but how does he do it? How does he go about this? What is his method? And it is this, teach them in age-appropriate ways... Why they should obey. Now, I'm not talking about where sometimes, you know, parents, you know, will have a two-year-old and they're just trying to reason with them with no consequences. They don't, you know, they're just trying to reason with them. And, you know, like two-year-olds, there's no reasoning, right? It's like obey or consequences, right? I'm not talking about that, where you only use reasoning. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that Paul goes beyond merely saying, because I told you so. Now, there's there's a point where, you know, you have to do that in the moment. You're in the store, whatever, and yeah. But Paul goes beyond that. What he wants us to do is like just like he does here. Remember, Paul is talking to the children, and so we parents should talk to our children the same way, and that is to explain to them why it is right for them to obey. And as I said, I'm going to elaborate on this later, but parents, start working on tying your rules, your the rules of your house, your family, start tying them to commands of Scripture. Commands in Scripture. 
Now, some for some of them, it's real easy. For others, you really got to do some thinking and praying, how do we do this? And it's a bit of work. But it's worth it because, for one, that's the biblical way. This is Paul's method. He's teaching us how to do this. Okay? But it also has a lot more power. Because you see, parent, it isn't about your authority. I know we, we get hung up on that. We All, all of us as parents, you know, we do that. I have authority, so you better... You know. No, our authority has been given to us. Okay? It's about His authority. And so it has so much more power when you tell your children, you are to do this or don't do that because this is what we find in the Bible. This is what God has told us in His Word. This is what Jesus wants for you, my child. And, and, and it's doable. We, we can do it. It's hard sometimes, but it's doable. And it has so much more power when you say, it isn't, you know, I'm not just making this up because now, sometimes we do that. As parents, we, you know, we'll make up a rule and it's not a good rule. You know, it's just that's the way I want it. And it does help us to purge some of that out, right? But it's to say, this is about you obeying Jesus. Because that's, that's the goal. I'm trying to raise you so that when you go out into life and you start your own family and you get, you know, your, whatever work you're going to do for the Lord, as you do that, you have learned to obey Him. Because there will come a point when you're not going to obey mom and dad anymore. Okay? There is a point. So what do you do after that? Hey... I'm independent. I can do whatever. No, guess no. You're not. None of us are independent. Independence is a that's a facade. It's a lie. You still are living before God, and so we want to teach you how to learn to obey God. So, parents, start thinking this through. Um, what you're, to develop this biblical parenting skill that I'm talking about is to lay a biblical foundation for their obedience, to explain to them why. And as an incentive for you parents, what you're doing is you're reminding your children that everything is about Jesus. Okay, You want your kids to realize that this is about Jesus, not about me, the parent. Okay? You don't want the focus on you. Oh, look at my authority. No. no. Look at Jesus and I want you to obey Him. Okay? And then... You're you're teaching them that everything is a potential gospel opportunity. Okay? As I said earlier, everything is a potential gospel opportunity. So parents, you should see the beauty in Paul's method here. Because if you tie things to Scripture, and it's not just your, this is the way I like it. But you tie it to to Scripture, to the Lord, then when they don't do it, that's a gospel opportunity. When they say, I'm trying and I can't, that's a gospel opportunity. Do you see the the beauty in what, what Christ has done through Paul here in explaining this? See, he wants to tie it all to Christ. Okay, so now if we go to the, the slide. I had some extra comments there, so I threw you guys off. It's my bad. So, that's what happens Sunday mornings as I'm going through this again. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to say this too, and say this too. And, and I don't put it on the stuff I give them. So, 
What you do, parents, in this, here's the method. You issue the command, you tell them this is the rule. You give reasons for it, okay, because the Bible says, God said, Jesus says. And then we'll see next week, you motivate them. We'll talk about what that is, okay? And I'm not talking about biblical or worldly motivation. We're going to talk about biblical motivation, okay? So, give the command, give reasons, and motivate. That is biblical parenting, okay? And we're going to flesh this out more as we go on. So, okay, kids, I want you to... Come back and think with me, you and your parents together here. When you're in the supermarket and you, child, are disobeying, parent, your child is disobeying, that's not the time to do this, okay? Because, you know, the people in line behind you are going to hate you, right? Okay? Not a good testimony for Christ. This is what you do at home. You pick fine times where you sit down with your child and you have these teaching moments. It's like, okay, so I'm going to... Okay, here's what the command is. Here's what the Bible says about that. And then here's motivation for doing that. Okay? And you may have to do this when you're in the throes of the um, potential scene, like at the supermarket. You may just have to say to the child, remember, we discussed this. But right now is the time to obey. Okay? And if they don't, then it's consequences time. Okay? Or maybe it's a brand new scenario and you haven't even talked about it yet. Then you say, I know we haven't, son, daughter, we haven't talked about this yet, but we will when we get home, I promise. But right now you have to obey. Right now is the time to obey. Okay? And again, they don't, then it's consequences. And then later on, you'll you'll keep your promise, sit down with them and explain it. Okay, so that's Paul's method. And that gives us a lot of power as parents, spiritual power, because we keep taking it all back to Jesus, all back to the Lord, right? So children, you are to obey your parents because this is right. The word right can be used to describe God's righteous character. It can describe the righteous character of a person, like in 1 John 3, 7, for example. Paul's saying that it is righteous when children obey their parents. Now, he's not saying that you're earning righteousness. The Bible never teaches that. We can never earn righteousness, okay? He's not saying you're earning it, but God finds this to be good, to be right, to be righteous, Something that pleases him. And then Paul is going to show the rightness of it, the righteousness of it, in verses 2 and 3 when he refers to Scripture, to other Scriptures beyond this. In God's eyes, children, it is right for you to obey your parents. We saw this earlier in Colossians 3.20, where obeying your parents, Paul says, is well-pleasing to the Lord. So, children, that should be your heart's desire. And parents, it's, we want to help them. Don't do it just because you're going to get consequences. Do this because it pleases the Lord. The Lord wants you to obey your parents. He's pleased with that. And that's why you should want to do it. So, next week, we'll, we'll finish our outline uh, with point three, which will be be motivated by God's promise to you. So, we're going to talk about, in Paul's method, the motivation there. Okay? So, children, God has put you under your parents for a short time so they can teach you about Him. 
they can teach you his ways. And so obeying them is righteous. It's good. Remember, children, that God made you in his image. He made, and his law reflects his image. When you obey, you're living the way he created you to live. He wants you to live the way he lives or the way he is. He wants you to be like him. Remember, we saw that in Leviticus 19 last time. Do this law, why? Do you remember that phrase that kept going over and over and over? For I am Yahweh. Next law, why do you do it? Because I am Yahweh and on and on. Okay, it's, it's about him. He wants you to be like him. He wants you to experience true freedom as a child of God. And he is pleased when you obey. And again, having fun with this example as we have. Running in the hall, okay? The church rule is no running in the hall. Your parents' rule should also be no running in the hall, right? But I know how it feels. You want, it, it feels like true freedom and it's not. True freedom is we give you, the church and your parents, give you the freedom to go walk down the hall to see your friends. That's what you want to do. You want to go see, play, talk. And we want you to have that freedom. So you hear that? We want you to have that freedom. Okay? When you're old enough, obviously, two-year-old, maybe not, but, you know, they run out the door. But when you run, you should lose that freedom. And like I said, you know, a godly mom or dad may say, okay, you could stand right here by me and hold my hand until we go home. You've just lost that freedom to walk down the hall, Right? The rule is safeguarding your freedom. We're trying to protect the freedom for you to walk down the hall to see your friends. Okay? That makes sense? And so, kind of a fun little illustration, except for maybe those of you that gotten in trouble for running and, you know, maybe it's still fresh on your mind and painful. I don't know. But remember, remember that it's all about Jesus. And he's not asking you to do something he hasn't done. He said in John 4, my food, the thing that drives me is to do the will of my father, the one who sent me. Later in John 17, in his prayer, he says to his father, I glorified you on the earth having accomplished the work which you gave me to do. So he said, I obeyed you perfectly. You see, so he knows what he's talking about. And then the ultimate. Philippians 2.8 then tells us that after that, after that prayer that he had in the garden, Jesus was obedient all the way to death on the cross. All the way to death on the cross. And so what Jesus is asking you to do, commanding you to do, is to be like him. He obeyed his father. You obey your father and mother and be like him. Because that is where true freedom is. So let's think about Jesus as our pattern for obedience as we partake of the Lord's table. If you're visiting with us and if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we welcome you to partake of the Lord's table with us. There are two cups stacked together. You'll take both of those. So meditate on this thought of Christ as our pattern for obedience.